My name is Jenny Hinchcliffe, and this is Senders Receive, a podcast about mail, art, and the people who make it happen. Broadcasting from beautiful San Francisco while bringing you stories and experiences of postal moderns and mail art mavens. Let's go ahead and bring on the show. Hello, Senders Receive listeners. Today I'm talking with Ken Miller. And Ken wants you to know that this interview may contain material suitable only for mature audiences and may not be suitable for younger or less savvy listeners, especially those who don't appreciate sarcasm or satire. His mail art zine, Shouting at the Postman, which started in 1995, was and is a labor of love, focusing on personal stories, mail art anecdotes, and the occasional recipe. These days, Ken still sends out mail art and occasionally updates the Shouting at the Postman blog. He literally weaves mail art out of photos and creates collages out of memory. It's been a while since Ken and I have had the opportunity to catch up, so I'm really excited to sit down and hear what's going on in Ken's postal network. Welcome, Ken. Hi. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's great to have you here. I'm super excited to talk with you today. I'm really excited to be here. So thank you for thank you for asking to interview me. Yeah, I guess um, if you don't mind, we'll just go ahead and we'll jump right into it. And um, one of the first questions I always like to ask people is whether or not you remember the first piece of mail art you sent, and um, you know, kind of how you got involved in the mail art scene. So um, when I was a kid, um, I lived next door to my cousins, who were my best friends growing up until about. 1977, when I was, I guess, eight or nine years old, we moved away. And I started writing letters to them, you know, all the time, because I didn't really know anybody in the place where I moved. So, like, letter writing kind of became a thing for me that I grew up with. And I I wrote letters all my life, and I used to decorate envelopes and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, do do kind of mail arty things. Like, I got really into rubber stamps and um, collage. Um, I would do that a lot, but I didn't really find out about mail art as a thing people did, like a network thing, until college. Um, I was I had a 2D design class, and one of the projects was that the teacher asked us to produce a piece of mail art for a mail art show wow. that was happening at wow. Penn State, where I went. Um, yeah, it was a time capsule project where um, all the mail art would go into a time capsule, and I made a pretty cool piece for it that I that I really liked and uh, it went over well and I kind of became interested in mail art then but I still didn't really find the network right away mm-hmm. um, I, I started making flyers uh, asking people to send me mail art and you know I got a PO box but I wasn't plugged into the network yet like I there wasn't any documentation from that show that we participated oh, okay. in so so I never you know, found all the people around the world until... Do you remember, yeah, what year this was? Oh, I'm sorry. That was 1989, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I started trying to get people to send me mail art and didn't have a lot of success. Like I found found a few people that were willing to make, you know, weird (laughs) stuff and send it to me. I I came up with this art exchange network thing that I called Ask Alice because I was working in an art supply store and I was making these sort of photocopy manipulations of this picture of Alice Cramden from the Honeymooners. So, and, and there's, there's also that sort of, um, 
you know, pseudo drug diary called Go Ask Alice. Um, right. That everybody <laughs> my age read when they were a kid because it was so bad and so hokey. Right. Um, and a complete work of fiction, by the way, for anyone who's ever heard of it. So I, you know, I thought it was kind of a fun, mysterious name, you know, called it that. And I got a few people. And then one day I was at a music store and there was a flyer posted by this, by this guy who went by the name, oh, what was his name? I can't remember now. Oh, Oliver Squash was a name. Because I also did, um, I also made home recordings. Um, I was like, made experimental music and like cassettes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I would trade those with people and, you know, give them out to my friends who wouldn't listen to them. And I, I really can't blame them because it's very, very hard to listen to. It's um, more, more fun to make than it is to listen to for the most part. But I, I had a, you know, I found this flyer from this guy named Oliver Squash and I didn't want to write to him. He, he said, you know, send, send tape, send something for my tapes, you know, and I gave it to a friend of mine who was also a tape trader. He wrote to Oliver Squash and Oliver Squash sent him a, not, it wasn't an end copy. It was a um, chain letter. It was like a mail art oh, chain letter um, yeah, where okay. you, you send a piece of art to the per- first person on the list and then, you know, make 10 copies and send them out to 10 different people. Yeah. So the guy who I gave the flyer to sent it to me and then I did it. I sent out 10 copies of it and I wrote to everybody on the because, you know, I'd never, you know, n- didn't know any of these people and they all looked really interesting. Yeah. And one of them was Ashley Parker Owens, who was oh, running yeah. Global Mail at the time. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I said, I, I, you know, in the the mail that I sent her, I said, you yeah, know, I'm trying to, you know, get started, get this thing started, and I can't find anyone to send me stuff. And and she sent me a postcard. She said, oh, you're going to be blown away. And then she sent me the next <laughs> issue that came out. And I just started mm-hmm. writing to, like, everybody in there. Um, and by the mm-hmm. way, the chain letter did not promise wealth, but when I, the day, the day that I mailed out the 10 copies of the chain letter, I won $5,000 in the lottery. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so, incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. It, okay. I'm not, I'm not promoting chain letters as a way right. to, you right. know, to get wealthy, but I did actually win $5,000 the same wow. day. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So that was how I kind of got started with the network. Mm-hmm. I remember receiving a lot more, you know, like in the mid nineties when I got involved in MailArt, I feel like I received, I haven't seen one of those MailArt chain letters in a long time, but I used to get them kind of consistently. Yeah. That was around 1992 or 1993, Mm -hmm. I believe when I, Mm -hmm. when I started, when I got that. Yeah. But yeah, I used to see them all the time, but now it's like mostly Mm -hmm. ad and pass ones. Yeah. 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 And it, I I always had a mixed reaction because I couldn't tell if I was, you know, like chain letters, right? Yeah. <laughs> those, are bad. those are bad and you're not yeah. supposed to get involved with them. But then, you know, for the mail art chain letter thing, it was really different because it was, it was pre-internet and it was a way to build your address book, you know? Right. Yeah. That was the great thing about it. And the first person on the list, the first, the person I was supposed to send something to was mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Cacophony Society. Oh, man. Which was, which was a great, yeah. And they, I sent them my tape that I had made, you know, and yeah. they really liked it, you know, because they're, <laughs> they're insane. Yeah, because they're <laughs> and then they, they, they And uh, it was, it was this, this guy who, I can't remember his name, but he, he also sent me an invitation to, like, the third Burning Man when it was still in oh, California. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Did you go? 
No, I did not. Oh. Yeah, I got it, got it a little too late and <laughs> wasn't doing a lot of, you know, I didn't have a lot of money then. I did win that money, but I used it to buy a computer and, and uh, took, a, took a trip to Europe. So it was gone yeah. by that time. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So then can we talk about shouting at the postman? Sure. Yeah. Oh, um, did you have a specific question? I'm sorry. I didn't. Well, yeah. I mean, I was kind of wondering, you know, you, you started that zine in 1995 and did you see a lot of crossover between the zine scene and the mail art scene? I really wasn't at that point. You know, it was Mm. kind of, they were kind of separate. Like there were some zines that had some mail arty stuff in them. But mm-hmm. mostly, mostly they were like personal zines. Like that was kind of the big heyday for zines. Yeah, um, it was starting right then. And um, but there, yeah, there wasn't a lot of, you know, kind of mail art stuff going on with zines. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. like sort of the you know the DIY you know um, xeroxing and you know copy and paste you know aesthetic of them at that time. Yeah. Um, but but the the reason I started. One of the one of the reasons I started doing a zine was because I really wanted to learn how to use Quark Express. <laughs> oh because, my gosh! Yeah, because, because mm-hmm. I was I was look I was looking for a job, and <laughs> I thought you know if I could I could just publish a zine I could you know like just sort of work up my skills and I had all this stuff I wanted to say also and like once yeah. I started writing it I found that it was like a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. I forget. Did you have, you know, did you invite people to write articles as well, or was it all you all the time? It was just me. I mean, because it was mostly just one or two pages, you know, mm, that, mm-hmm. that I folded together. And I, I didn't want it to turn into like a 16 page thing that I'd have to pay a lot of money to mail out. Like I yeah. wanted I wanted something that would kind of augment my mail art that I was sending, not, you know, be a thing on its own. So I started it as, as like a single page. And then, you know, a couple issues were most most of the issues were two or three pages um, mm-hmm. that were folded, and I did a couple mm-hmm. of compilations where I, because I was invited to like zine shows and stuff, and yeah. I needed something, and I didn't want to give out, you know make a million copies because it gets a little redundant mm-hmm. um, when you when you have the same, like the back I always put mail art contacts, which were the people who were writing to me at the time. Yeah, and I would I would go through that list and call it you know every once in a while if I hadn't heard from somebody in over a year. But I, I like that idea because I remember how hard it was to like sort of find people to write to. So yeah. I would have that list there. And then the print for that kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> so <laughs> eventually it was like seven point type, you know, you need a loop to read it. But but if I if I put if, if I put together a compilation zine, I could, you know, I, I could just have one copy of that and then one cover for the whole thing and then put in six months or a year worth of articles and and it would only be like six pieces of paper and at first I was publishing them like once a month Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. because I I didn't have a family I you know I was working so I had some money and I had all this free time so I would just do mail art and make the zine yeah yeah I mean zines really are a labor of love you know they take a lot of work from start to finish (laughs) how many copies would you print up or was it just sort of on demand as you wanted? Uh, towards the end, I would get a hundred of them made. I mean, it was mm-hmm. never huge. Yeah. I would get a hundred yeah. made, and if I needed more, I'd get like another twenty or thirty at a yeah. time. And and then like the last couple issues, it was just me printing them myself on my printer. Mm-hmm. But I think the you know like the peak, I was sending out like maybe two hundred copies at the most. Oh wow! 
Yeah. So it was never huge, but it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know. It sounds like a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> Two hundred yeah. is 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 a fair amount for sure. Yeah, but that was wasn't a lot of the issues, you know. And I I sent mm-hmm. them to a lot of people that never wrote me back. So I have a feeling like it wasn't for everybody. You know, personal zines. It's kind of like such narcissism. I think, you know, it's kind of, hey, how cool am I? Look what I did. Hey. It's complicated. Yeah, yeah. I was just, it was just kind of like whatever I felt like writing about at the time, you know, sometimes it would be like, I did, I did a recipe issue because I got really into cooking and I asked people to send me recipes and some male artists kind of, you know, took it as a, as a male art thing. And like probably Uh the, the, the best one I got from this male artist from Italy who sent me a recipe for rabbit's head stew, which I thought was great because it's like a reference to Ray Johnson who had yeah. recently passed away, you know. So it filled, it was like male art, but it also sort of, it was a good recipe too. <laughs> it checked all the boxes. Exactly. Can you talk about the cult figure issue? What inspired that? So, okay. So <laughs> when I was, when I, this is funny. When I was in, I lived at home for my first two years of college and I spent okay. a lot of time hanging out with my friends. And my, my one friend, he was a little bit younger than me. So he was still in, in high school and he worked stage tech for a show that they had by this guy named Johnny Mann. Johnny Man, Johnny Man had a group of singers and they would do these sort of like patriotic songs and um, they were called the Johnny Man Singers. I think, I, I don't know if they were singers and dancers. I think they were just the Johnny Man Singers. They were kind of like Roy Khanna for like one of those mm-hmm. kind of groups um, mm-hmm. and they would travel around and he worked tech for them and he took home like 30 or 40 copies of the program, which had this picture of Johnny Man sort of smiling with this big grin and we just thought his we just thought his expression on his face was so funny. At the time, my my friend was making these catalogs for an underground book company he was running, like where he was selling like the Anarchist Cookbook and stuff like that. You know, kind okay. of yeah, kind of weird underground books. And uh, he always was always making like catalogs for them, and we would do these collages for the catalogs. So we started working up these collages with Johnny Man's head, you know, all over the place on them, and and we just got. We got such a huge kick out of it. Like we, we just were laughing our, till, till our sides hurt, you know, and like falling <laughs> over because it was we were having so much fun with it. So, so that was Johnny Mann became like my first cult figure. And that was like when I did my first piece of mail art in college, I, I used Johnny Mann as the theme for that, that mail art. Right. You know, it was like right. a, it was a big American flag and the stars were Johnny Mann's head and the stripes <sighs> were like text from an article about him. And I, you know, I also had a big, I made a big poster of Johnny Man and had it in my, my dorm room. And I would like put <laughs> Johnny Man's heads all over the place. And then I did that with this guy I went to college with. I probably shouldn't say his name because he threatened legal action at one point. <laughs> oh, no. I yeah, talk no. about him. I talk about him in the article that I wrote about it. That's on in my zine. Uh, it's on my mm-hmm. website. And I, I call him Bill Simon, but that's not his real name. And I did, a, we did a whole thing where it was, we, we declared one month you know, Bill Simon month, international Bill Simon month. And we made like all these posters of his face, put his head on other people's bodies and stuff. And, and then we took a trip, we took a trip to New York to see a football game, a Penn state football game. And we brought a stack of pictures of him and we were like giving them out to people or, well, the truth is I could only afford to make 10 copies of his face. So I only had 10 copies, but we made it look like we were giving them out to people and posting them everywhere, uh-huh. you know, and, and documented it with photos. And I made this book called The Book of Bill. And it was just like, 
so funny and, and so much fun. And I had such a great time doing it. So he, he was the second cult figure. You know, it's just like you just take somebody and you start cutting out their head and putting it on other people's bodies and putting it in mail art. And it's just a lot of fun. And then I, I found a picture in um, Car and Driver magazine of this guy named Emmett Hollander. It was this hippie. And like I made it, you know, it sort of made a cult figure out of him. And I actually en ended up contacting him recently. And I'm friends with him on, on Facebook. And he's a, he's a really nice guy. And he uses the, the icon that I made of his face as his like avatar wow. you know, on, <laughs> in social media because he liked it so much. Wow. Oh, so, damn it. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the background. And then, so I would pick a different picture of somebody every year and then make that the cult figure of the year. And I would make a sheet of faces that I would send out to people mm -hmm. and ask people to contribute. And, you know, some people kind of do like something ridiculous, like where they just take my sheet of faces and like do their own collage on it or mm -hmm. put a picture of a naked, a naked woman on it or something and send it to mm -hmm. me. But I, you know, I try to show everybody's work and it's yeah. more fun if people go with the idea of what it's supposed to be. <laughs> so it, it became a kind of a fun thing and I did it every year for a while. And, um, yeah. you know, I had, I did Abe Lincoln one year, like he was the, the cult figure and, <laughs> I love that you anointed a different individual, you know, every year. Yeah. So every, every year, everyone's supposed to worship this person and, you know, <laughs> right. like. I think there's a new project there. Yeah. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> if I had the time, if I had yeah, the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough hours in the day. <laughs> yeah. And, and so many people to choose from. Yeah. So that was good because it was kind of a mail art project but it involved my zine at the same time because I would do the cult yeah. figure issue I think it was every February I would do the cult figure issue but I did do a couple other mail art projects I don't know if you you know about them like I did one called exquisite squares no where, tell us about that okay so that was you know how an exquisite corpse there's like three artists somebody does the head somebody does a torso and somebody does feet and then you mm -hmm. look without looking at the other person's work I thought it would be fun to do have everybody send in a one and a half inch square piece just of whatever. And, and I would just put them all together in, in a, on a page, like in a five by five grid. And everybody's work is kind of juxtaposed with everybody else's. And it, and it fits in with this kind of grid checkerboard thing I've been doing with my art forever. <laughs> you know, so I, I did that for, I did 25 issues of that, you know, where, you know, people would send them in and I would print all of them on my inkjet printer in color oh, wow. and, yeah. and send them out. And that was a lot of fun. And I really had a, had a good time with it. You know, met a lot of really good male artists that way. Um, I had to put a restriction on it, though, because some people would send me like 20 of them. Oh. And, I, and, and it kind of ruins the randomness of it if you send yeah. in like 20, 20 at once. And they would be like all the same thing. It would be like, you know, 20 yeah. slightly different ones that were very similar. So, it, yeah. you know, I had had to restrict it to one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I'm understanding it correctly, the goal was to have individual people send a one and a half by one and a half inch square. And you yeah. would just be getting all of and, these and squares then, in, and then in your mailbox, and then you would assemble them on the sheets. Right. Completely I just put randomly. them in order. Yeah. Okay. The order that I received them. Yeah. The order oh, okay. I received them. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, they just fill up the, the, five by five grid. Um, yeah. They're all, they're all on the website. Like you can see them all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll be sure and put a link in the show notes to your website so people can see 
can see some of the things that we're talking about and read Thanks. You know, some of the articles. Yeah, I, I, I natter on about myself endlessly on the website. <laughs> but um, You said there was another project. Yeah, I, I, did, I did a set of artist stamps called Beluga Post, hmm. where I made... I mean, I don't know why, I, where I came up with that name or, cause I, well, I had this thing where I used to say, Baluga whale, you know, in this funny voice. And I, I thought, I thought it was hilarious for some reason. I don't know. But uh -huh. so I, I asked, cause it is. I asked people to, um, to take the stamp sheet that I made and alter it and send it back. And, uh, that was a lot of fun too. And I got a lot of really good responses to it. Like, you know, some people did some really interesting things with that, uh, which yeah. I also put yeah. on the website, but. Wow, so you like you like collaboration. I do. I love collaboration. You know, I did a lot of add and pass yeah. sheets, you know, and I I loved like sort of playing with the idea of them, like sort of turning them around so like, you know, they became something else, you know, and then sending it out. Yeah. But yeah, I, I always love to see what people come up with when they work together if even if they don't know what they're working together with, you know. So nowadays, it seems like you focus mainly on the blog, right? Yeah. The shouting at the Postman blog. Yeah, that's um, kind of. I mean, I, I I keep meaning to write articles, but I, you know, I've I've been having mm -hmm. a lot of back problems. I was mm -hmm. in a car accident like twenty two or twenty three years ago, that kind of messed up my upper back. Mm -hmm. So um, since I have to work on a computer, I I spend a lot of time sitting at a desk, and it it eventually yeah. you know starts to hurt and. I had to sort of cut down the amount of time I could spend like writing, you know, I had to sort of save my back and, and also I have like wrist problems so, you know, like the average thing that like, people yeah. work at a desk all day do I had to start avoiding that. So the blog is an easy way for me to just kind of put stuff out there without, you know, I don't generally write anything for it. I write a little bit, but I, I used to write mm -hmm. a lot more, you know, before this happened. And I have a couple articles that I've started, but never finished that, you know, I hope to, to finish up one day and publish, you know, I always think of ideas for articles, but I just, you know, don't have, don't have the time yeah. or the ability to write them so much. Um, so can we, there's, there are a couple things that uh, you and I have, we've been kind of talking about back and forth. And as I was going over and through your blog, I was struck by this story and it, it kind of took me, it was, it was hard for me to get my head around it, but I knew I wanted to ask you about it because you wrote a fairly extensive article. And so I'm wondering if we can talk about the idea of prank mail art projects, <laughs> sure. because this is, this is something that uh, when I read about it, and again, I'll link directly to this particular story on your website, it was something I hadn't considered at all until until reading about it and so um, I think it's a really strange way to culture jam the mail art network so I was hoping you could tell listeners a bit about this article that you wrote in the project in general. Sure um, so all of a sudden one day I started getting mail art pieces for a project that I had never sent out invitations to and people <laughs> Um, and, and somebody sent me the invitation and it was, um, it said, what, what does Alice look like? And it said, uh, you know, I forget what it said. Uh, I, I have a reproduction of it on my website, but it's, it, it promised documentation. It said it was a mail art project promising documentation. So I was getting, you know, 
art for something that I had not started. And I, I, and was that a reference to your ask? Alice yeah, it was, Miller that's what it was. Yeah. So it was. Okay. Yeah. So it was very surprising to me and, you know, I did eventually, you know, compile all the, the mail art that I got into documentation that I published in my zine, but I really felt that the person who had done this to me had really kind of pushed things a little too far as far as, I, I love pranks. I mean, I've, I've pulled many pranks in my life, you know, and I, and I like the element of surprise and disorientation that come with them. But when, when you promise documentation, you know, you're, you're kind of promising people that there's going to be a lot of work involved. And I wasn't really yeah. prepared at that time to do that work, you know, because I, I take documentation very seriously. And I, when I send in yeah. art for a mail art project, you know, I love it when I get like a nice booklet or something or, you know, a good form of documentation is important to me and I look forward to it. And it's not because I, I need to have a reward for doing mail art. I mean, I've sent out plenty of mail art without getting anything back, but you know, it's kind of nice to to see what other people did and see how they see, see how they reacted mm-hmm. to the same project. And, and I feel like it's a really important part of the, the whole process. But promising it for me was like, you know, hey, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to send you're going to send all these people something whether you want to or not. I, yeah. It really upset me a lot. Like I almost quit mail art, you yeah. know, because of that. Just to be clear for the listeners, this was an unsolicited thing by you. You knew nothing about it. You just no. one day in your mailbox received a notification of this mail art project and it had your mailing address yeah. on it as the person who initiated the project. Right. That's that's I'm sorry. Yeah, I should have explained okay. that. Yeah. No, I mean it took me a little while to get to understand what was going on. So so then suddenly, like you mentioned, you are now on the hook. Right. So I'm on the hook. Yeah. I'm the sucker. Yeah, and I, and yeah. these poor people who had sent in stuff, you know, expecting documentation, I, I had to write back to them and explain to them that I didn't start the project. But they, you know, t- gave me sort of clues about who started it. But the person who started it was very, very clever. They did it in such a creative way. One of the people who received it sent me the envelope that he got the invitation in. And the envelope was wasn't from the country it was supposed to supposed to be mailed from like the person was doing some kind of crazy like mail jamming stuff and i got one of them too i got an envelope and and it's in the article but like i it it had a stamp from one country but it was mailed Mm -hmm. from another country like the postmark was from a different country than the stamp was from and it it was supposed to be from somebody else so i i figured out from the handwriting who it was, who, who I suspected it was. And I did ask him when I met him in person a few years later, and he admitted it, you know, but he he supposedly did this to a lot of people and really upset a lot of people. I don't know if any everybody, wow. you know, who was a victim of it found out who did it, but like one of the projects he, he started was asking people to send nail clippings to a person, you know, and yeah, oh, like wow. some of them were kind of yeah. like weird and gross and and a lot and a lot of the people were retired from mail art. They weren't really prepared to send out documentation. And, you know, yeah. and I, I don't like to see, like, people waste their time sending in stuff for a project that doesn't exist. Um, I think that's that that's right, really the, right. probably the most upsetting thing about me is somebody who, who participates in projects, you know, like, you, you like to, you kind of trust that the invitation you're getting is real. And it's the person right. who's sending it, supposedly sent it, actually did. Well, I mean, that's an important part of keeping the thing going forward, yeah. you know. 
somebody also sent me an exquisite square for my exquisite square project from somebody else. Yeah, I think it was the same. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was wow. the same person, but I never proved that. But they they and they claimed it was from Joe DC, and Joe had no idea. Like mm. he didn't he didn't send it. He didn't know who it was. Uh, that was um, somebody who wow. was calling themselves Partisan de Amor. They were going by this this name, Partisan de Amor. And I, I'm not really sure if that's the same person who did my fake project. I think it could have been somebody else. But they were doing the same kind of stuff. But their visual style was completely different. So I think it may have been a different group or a different person. Do you feel like that goes on nowadays? This kind of weird, like, hacking of the mail art system? I haven't seen it. Like, it's been pretty straightforward since then i only, I only think there were mm-hmm. a couple people doing that at the time but i i, I mean mm-hmm. i you know again though i you know i like pranks <laughs> don't get me wrong <laughs> right 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 yeah did you know anyone else in the network who was on the receiving end of of these you know like fake mail art calls? yeah there was uh, yeah somebody else i knew was was a victim of one too. Oh, K. Frank Jensen or K. Frank Jens, Jensen, I guess is he's from Denmark. He was he was the victim. His his was like send something blank, you know, like that was the. Oh. <laughs> and uh, oh man, yeah. oh man. When you wrote back to people and you're like, whoa, look, I'm. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is not my. This is not my call. I mean, were people mostly? Yeah, they were. I mean, they they're they're kind of used to people sort of joking around but yeah everybody was i mean i did produce documentation so like nobody got shafted so i i I would have appreciated not having to do the work at that time because i was like going going through a lot of stuff (laughs) so (laughs) it was difficult so can we can we talk about documentation because i have a feeling this is something that both you and i have have thoughts and opinions on (laughs) so What's your idea of great? What what's ideal documentation for you um, that you would receive from someone for participating? I'm I'm gonna check in my mail art database <laughs> to make sure I'm talking about the right person. I think my my favorite sort of documentation is is something that you get from Eberhard Jenke or Edition Janu oh, or Janus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you, have you participated in his projects? I think it's, I think yeah, it's, yeah. I, it's like, you know, when they're, when you're writing to people in other countries, um, you're never really sure what gender they are by their name. You know, it's like, I don't want to make assumptions, right. but I think it's a he. And I've yeah. participated in a bunch of his projects and I love his documentation. Like, it's mm-hmm. like a little zine yeah. with like, there's, you know, pictures of the work. There's a list of everybody who participated. I think that's, that's mm-hmm. great. And he always sends it in this really cool way. Like he has these clear envelopes that he makes and it's like, I, lo- I love that documentation. I mean, you know, you don't have to go to the lens of like the small town in Italy that gets a book professionally printed or, right. or somebody who's sponsored by the art council, you know, and, and you know, but I, I feel like if you're going to be participating in a, in a mail art show and you, you bother to produce a quality piece of work for it, that you're entitled to maybe get something I mean, all right, uh, if you can't afford to send out something like that, like you can send out a list of, you know, people who participated. I mean, that's that's yeah. fine. I mean, I understand right. that. But I I like paper documentation a lot better than, you know, having mm-hmm. it posted on a blog yeah. somewhere. And I know that coming from me who now I post other people's mail art on my blog, you know, but I, I'm not doing a mail art show. I'm not promising documentation. I, I kind of feel like 
it's 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 like the easy way out i guess mm-hmm. i i kind of want to yeah. see what other people yeah. did i mean you can you can go through the website and see what other people did but to me like having a physical thing like a piece of paper is so much better mm-hmm. than looking at it on a website i find yeah. it like much more rewarding and it's also something that sort of like lives on you can send it to somebody else and somebody can get like names and addresses from it to write to, to people um it yeah. kind of it kind of becomes its own sort of time capsule of the mail art from the show you mm-hmm. know where like a, a blog right. Who, right. who knows how long it's going to be there it could be there for you know a couple months and it disappears no i <laughs> i absolutely agree i've and i've talked about this in other places on the podcast where you know i'm sort of it's rare nowadays that i send in for a show that doesn't offer physical documentation yeah yeah and that's just a personal choice yeah because i'm with you it's it if i'm going to go to the work and the trouble of you know going downstairs and working in the studio and putting together something super specific for someone's specific project it's nice to get even an address list a physical address list yeah yeah i mean and i try to produce a specific piece or or if i have a piece that I've made that I feel is, is very appropriate, you know, I'll send that in too. I mean, but, you know, I mean, there's some people who kind of just do whatever they do and send it into mail art and mail art shows and they don't make something specific, which is fine. I mean, it's, it's, it's what they do, but you know, I kind of feel like if I'm going to put extra effort into it, you know, it's nice to be, you know, to have something tangible. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. So if we're if we're talking about documentation, can we talk about your work? Because I am, am the lucky recipient of many of your woven photo postcards. Um, these really just fantastic, intricately woven um, collages of you know imagery and strips. And I was, I mean, that's a very specific thing. I mean, how did that technique come about for you? So I've always been a photographer. I guess I, I, I got my mm. f- first camera when I when I went went away to college and you know I just started taking a lot of photos and uh, you end up with a lot mm-hmm. of photos that you you can't really do anything with like you end up with all these things and I kind of like them as a medium for postcards because they're they're kind of rigid mm-hmm. and there's like a concrete image on them so I, I have this basket just full of I don't know I guess there's got to be like about a thousand photos in it right now that that are just like photos for me to use as as a medium what i do is i just photocopy um sticker sheets of of one inch Mm -hmm. squares and then kind of create these grid like collages this this comes from Mm -hmm. um these um paintings i was doing where i was kind of exploring what a photograph is and what a painting is and kind of combining the two ideas into a painting that's not really a photograph or a painting that's not really a painting and a photograph that's not really a photograph because I collage the photograph into it and then paint over it. Part of it is painted and part of it is completely drawn. And I try to make it so you can't tell which is which, you know, and it's kind of ex- yeah. exploring this idea. And I would always work in a grid, like a, a two inch by two inch or one inch by one inch sort of grid for that, mm-hmm. which looks like woven. I mean, because I like the idea weaving and and it's kind of hard to explain like there's something about seeing two things at once that that i find really Mm -hmm. compelling and i try to make connections between the two things even though they're different and they're kind of just sort of stuck next to each other so 
I take I take these sheets of stuff that I photocopy. Sometimes it's pages from comic books, and sometimes it's clip art. I have this great book of matchbook clip art from like the 70s that is like the most horrible, horribly sexist clip art, and it's it's like so offensive today on so many levels, but. It's it's so funny uh-huh. because it's so dated, and I use that, and then I, I mm. overlap it with like material, like colored, like brightly colored pieces of paintings, and you know I run that through a copier, and then it's it's a sticker sheet, so mm-hmm. I do like a grid where it's like a checkerboard where half the squares are the photograph and half the squares are the pieces that I've collaged into it, and I and I mm-hmm. sort of connect them, I sort of draw connections between them, and I continue lines that are in one part into the other part and sort of make this sort of more cohesive piece out of it. It's like something that I've been working with for a long time, though. I mean, I was doing these paintings when I was a senior in college. They're like based on the idea of like a photo montage where there's pieces coming off of them, but it's only one piece of canvas and like squares, you know, and and like I like the idea of assembling things together and like kind of making a new thing out of it. And I like working with squares and I like working with geometrical forms. So I, this mm-hmm. kind of combines all that. And I just, I, I think they're a lot of fun to make. I try to just throw random stuff on the copier when I'm working on them just to have. But I also, I've been doing this thing more recently where I copy photos and then collage them onto themselves. So you end up with like a, a cockeyed version of the same photograph on top of itself, you know, sort of exploring that, you know, and, and I, I just try to, make something new out of out of this stuff that's essentially junk. I love the idea that you have this basket of a thousand <laughs> photos and you just reach your hand in and you grab like five and you're like, these are yeah. the ones that yeah, I'm going to work with. Some today. of them are from vacations. You know, so a lot of them are really yeah. personal. And like, there's one picture that I, a photo that I made, I was going through a rough time and it was kind of, I was kind of depressed and, you know, I just sent out that one as a collage like a couple of days ago. And, you know, mm-hmm. this picture of my grandfather when we went to visit him right before he died. And, you know, it's like him kind mm-hmm. of really, really sick. And, you know, I just made that into a collage. And so there's, there's this kind of element to it that people don't even probably realize this kind of yeah. personal element because these are like family photos, most of them. Well, and then also it's interesting to think about, you know, at one point you went through and you kind of vetted, like, these are the photos that ended mm. up to be raw material to turn into something else. Yeah. And then you come back to them years later, months later. I would imagine there's kind of this like pause as you look at the photo and you're like, oh, right. Wow. That was an intense time. Or, oh, that was a really great yeah. day. Or Yeah. Some know. of them are like 30 or 40 years old. And um, I, I yeah. also started doing this thing where I would I was putting like making faces that were quarters of a face, and I would put put together pieces to make a new face. Um, and I started out with mm-hmm. like politicians. I started doing all kinds of different people. It wasn't really a political statement exactly, but it was kind of expressing like a lot of frustration I was feeling with politics and the world, and <laughs> you know. But it's not overtly political. Like, it doesn't say, you know, down with Trump or anything like that. It's just, like, pieces of Trump's face and, like, other politicians. And and then I started mixing them with mug shots and uh, and different different things like that. So, but I still have to send them through the mail. And I want to make sure they actually get there so I can't make them, you know, too too over the top. 
Do you have any favorite techniques that you like when you're working? I've been, you know, I really enjoy working with stickers and putting them together because I, I've done so much collage and like working with glue and you know rubber cement and like it's such a hassle, especially when you're working with small pieces of paper like one inch squares. Gluing it together is you know it kind of gets tedious after a while. Like it it gets yeah. very dirty. Just having stickers, I can just peel them off and stick them on and they'll stay. And I know they're not going to come off because glue doesn't really stick to photographs very well either. I, it's, uh, it's great to hear, you, to hear you talk about the postcards because I guess I hadn't realized that they were this combination of both photo and printed. Yeah, it, means I need, it means I need to look closer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try, to, I try to kind of cover it up, you know, like a little bit. Like with, some of them were painted. I, I used to paint on top of them, but because mm-hmm. I, I like being able to get sort of a more dynamic range to them because when you draw on them, they just get darker and darker and darker. Um, I, like to yeah. get, I like to make yeah. them lighter and lighter and lighter. And I've, I've tried using like white pieces of white sticker, but it, it doesn't really do the same thing. Yeah. But, you know, waiting for the paint to dry mm. is excruciating. And also you can't, a lot of paint you can't draw on top of. Like it ruins your markers. Yeah, like a lot of acrylic paints because it's plastic. Yeah, yeah, it just gets sucked right into the yeah. nib and then the marker won't work anymore. Do you have anything that you're working on? Any cool projects nowadays? Uh, not really, no. I mean, I have, like, I always have a lot of ideas for stuff, but I, I, I don't really have the time. I've been, I, I actually started something new kind of recently where I've been taking older collages because a lot of a lot of the collages like people haven't really seen um because i would i would send it to one person i mean i put it on the blog but like i've started taking those and kind of like remixing them in my computer and making postcards out of that like sort of having pieces for some mixed with other ones and then overlapping things on top of that so it kind of becomes a new level of um abstraction you know i, I collage more stickers into them so they so they get more a little a little more complicated or not complicated a little more um, elaborate, like layered almost kind of yeah. dense. Yeah, I mean, I I do have a degree in art. <laughs> I have a degree in uh, draw, drawing and painting. I I, I am a professional artist. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I can hear you adjusting your professional artist hat right <laughs> yeah. now as you say that. That's not what I that's not what I do for a living, but I, yeah. I have a degree in mighty fine art. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> uh, are there any um, parting words or last-minute thoughts? We're kind of coming up on an hour here, so um, um, yeah. I mean, I I still love meeting male artists in person. I've met a lot of them, and as I've traveled, I went to um, Hungary and I met Predrag Popovic. Uh, who lives in Serbia. He came to, to um, Budapest to visit us, and together we went to Artpool and met Georgi and saw Artpool was just amazing, like their, their filing, their archiving system, and got to see their, their antique perforator that was a gift from Cavallini. <laughs> oh, man. You know, whenever I travel, I <laughs> wow. try to meet like a couple of male artists if, if I can, and you know, I, I love doing that because for me, like male art is really really personal communication. Like I, I try to write, you know, notes to everybody, I try to, you know, have like sort of a, a, a language communication in addition to the artistic communication when, when it's possible, you know, it's not mm-hmm. possible with everybody, but I've probably met, I think maybe, I don't know, 40 male artists. I don't know. That's 
So I, I still love, <laughs> you know, like meeting people and talking to them in person because I, I, you know, you have these ideas of what people are like and when you meet them, it's, you know, it's really interesting to like find out like they're, oh, I always thought this person would be shorter. I always thought they'd be, you know, louder. I thought, you know, and, I, and I've developed, you know, kind of relationships with some of them. Like when we met, um, you know, Peja, yeah. Peja Popovic, um, we invited him to come visit us and he came and stayed at our house, you know, and he was, he was, un unfortunately, he was nice. here when my wife got very sick while she was pregnant and she had to go into the hospital mm -hmm. and she was supposed to be the one who was going to take him places. So he ended up getting stuck at our house for, for like a week. And I felt really terrible about that. You know, I've, I've hung out with, um, Pistol Pete a lot, you know, uh -huh. uh, I don't know if you, you yeah. write to him, like he sends out postcards. He's, yeah. He's a great guy. He's super nice guy. Mm -hmm. He stayed at our house a couple times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just love sort of getting to know people through mail art, you know, like that's probably the most important thing yeah. about it to me. Like some people just sort of stuff envelopes and don't really try to get to know people. And to me, I, I kind of feel like that's sort of missing out on like a big part of it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's something really, um, there's something really inspiring and also, you know, kind of exhilarating meeting other male artists being in a big group, you know, like I'm thinking of, well, when you and I met at the New York art book fair, that yeah, was a group yeah. of people, you know, like Cracker Jack kid was there right. and uh, Jenny Lloyd and Reed Altimus, Mark Bloch, yeah, like yeah. all of these people. And it was just like, wow, it's amazing to be like, not only in the zone of like artist books and zines, cause it's the book fair, but then it's like, wow, I've really found my corner of this world. And like, these are my people. Yeah. And like, uh, and <laughs> you know, there's no substitute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like all, yeah. Like meeting Jonathan Stangroom for the first time, you know, it is, I mean, meeting people really yeah. is a huge part of the fun. It's, if you can do it, especially if they're kind um, of enigmatic, like <laughs> that's always interesting. Like, oh yeah oh for sure because some people just hide behind their persona and then you meet them and yeah you're like, what? um like well i when we went the, the same trip where we went to budapest we also went to prague and we met this art, male artist there named ivan priestler uh -huh. he passed mm. away um a few years after we met him okay he was really an amazing artist and he when i first started communicating sending him stuff and I was kind of new to mail art and I would, you know, send him slides of my paintings. And he actually did a lecture about my paintings in Prague, you know, which I, and he wow. sent me the poster for it. And I like framed the poster. I thought it was the coolest thing. And I was like, I have to, I have to meet this guy. And he was a brilliant, brilliant guy. Like he was so smart and talking about the history and geography of, of Prague. He had a lot of trouble communicating in English. And unfortunately I, knew no check mm. so it was mm -hmm. it was so amazing to hang out with him and like walk around the city and have him talk about the charles bridge and like the history of like the, the old part of the city it was yeah. you know and i just love stuff like that you know meeting meeting people yeah. like that well i mean i think that's a great i think that's a great note actually to to wrap up on thanks <laughs> Um, but I, I want to thank you for sure. Thank you so much for sitting down and, you know, taking the time to talk. And I'm, I'm really glad that we got to do this because it's been way too long. Yeah. So I hope that, yeah. that you'll, you'll come back on and we'll talk again. Yeah, definitely. I, I like that. And 
you know, I if people want to send me mail art, I I answer all my mail. It may it may take months, <laughs> you know. I'm not the well, I, I'm not the quickest person, you know, like I usually let it build up a little bit before I start answering stuff, you know, and sometimes it takes a little while, but, you know, I do, uh -huh. I do reply to everyone. So, um, yeah, if people feel like writing to yeah. me. Uh-oh, be careful. <laughs> be careful what you ask yeah, for. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I have to take yeah. risks sometimes, so. That's, <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll definitely check back in with you and see what else you've been up to. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, I love this podcast and I can't wait to hear more of them. Oh, thanks. <laughs> all right. That's all for now. Senders receive listeners. We'll have another podcast coming back at you in two weeks. Stay tuned and bye for now. Senders Receive is recorded, edited, and hosted by Jenny Hinchcliffe, with many, many thanks to the contributors, artists, and interview subjects of Senders Receive. Our intro-outro music is by Kitsa and used as per the artist's Creative Commons terms. Additional info can be found in the show notes. If you're a mail artist or postal modern interested in being interviewed for Senders Receive, I invite you to send an email to sendersreceivepodcast at gmail.com. Keep current on new episodes at our Instagram account, at Senders Receive Podcast. That's all for now, and thanks for listening.